welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and to look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I'm your host. My name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. Welcome to our show. I so good to hear your voice. So nice. So pleasant. It's been too long. Honestly, it feels like hours have gone by since I've seen you. Hours. It's uh, been excuse me. <laughs> we have to pay for that song. You can't bust into it. I didn't do shit. I <laughs> I hinted at a song for yeah. sure, but uh, you know, I didn't uh I didn't sing anything I wasn't supposed to. The the stranglehold that song had for a certain well, period of time. What did you think? I you know. I know. I think when I was a kid, I was like, oh, their names, the bare naked ladies uh-huh. scandalized me so hard. I was like, yeah, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Call yourself bare naked ladies. Yes. I was like, oh, like I, and for some reason, also my child brain thought that maybe somehow that was the edited version of their name. You know, that was like the allow the uncensored version like of they were name. called the butt naked ladies yes yeah, something like that <laughs> and i was like oh but of course my oklahoma christian radio station has to call them the bare naked lady sure sure i so uh, censorship has always been a big you know sticking point for me and the minute i learned about the first amendment uh i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna f- i'm gonna defend that with my life i got in trouble in junior high because i wasn't allowed to listen to eminem Mm-hmm. right uh the the rapper eminem marshall mathers as we know him but a girl burned a cd for me of his yeah i couldn't buy it right yeah well somehow in the transferring that cd dropped in the hallway oh no it was a blank cd right so it was the eminem I, show or was it his debut album i think it was the, debut the marshall album. mathers i think it was LP. the marshall mathers lp mm. so the blank CD, no, no, not like burned copy of Eminem CD. There's no Sharpie on it. It's just a blank CD fell uh-huh. in the hallway. And I saw my principal pick it up. <laughs> Narc. Narc. And little, little dumb, 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 dumb Erica walked up. I was in the eighth or ninth grade. Walked up and was like, hey, that's um my CD. Can I have that back? And he goes, what's on it? Now, this is when I should have said, I'm not answering any questions until I'll have my lawyer present. Of course. But how could you have known? I'm sure they burned it from Napster. All the, of course, did not know. And he said, okay, cool. I'm going to listen to it. And then I'll hand it back to you. So for being in possession of the CD, I got in-house suspension. Ugh. The only time I was ever like in trouble in school, I got in-house suspension for like three days. And... You were just like supposed to sit at a desk in a room with like bare like barricades between you and the other person and just do your work. You weren't supposed to speak to anyone. You had to come to school and just sit there. Mm-hmm. Well, me and the other girl in it, we would talk at night and we started leaving each other notes in the bathroom stall. And of course, I got in so much trouble with my parents for for this. You know, I did sign permission. So it was a mess. But I should have in that moment, had I had the brazen and the bravery I have now. Would have taken that all the way up to the Supreme fucking court. But like, this is my first amendment right to have this CD for them to be able to express themselves. I I still think about that. Like that could have been my censorship. Yes. Censorship. And you know, everybody would have been on, you know, the ACL, you would have got behind me. 
Um, yeah. You know, the, the you know, well, I, I bet Metallica would have been against me because I think they were against Napster. I can't remember. No, once, yeah, once they found out it was a burned copy, you would have lost them for I, sure. I would have lost so many of them. But I think even Eminem would have been like, free Erica. You know, I could have had like a whole thing. But I, I just got in trouble because my little dumbass was like, can I have that back? Instead of just been like, fuck it. CDs are like 13 cents. She'll burn me another one tomorrow. I had to listen to it. But anyway. Not back in that day, girl. That was like a dollar. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah. I was thinking of the big bundles of them, but you know. Yeah. The big- <laughs> but no, yeah, they oh, probably still were a dollar. <sighs> I have to issue um, an apology and a correction. The Marshall Mathers LP is not the debut album oh. of Eminem it was actually his third album and the Eminem oh. show being his fourth. But, you know, I mean, the Marshall Mothers of LP was definitely like the first big one, you know, I mean, that's yeah. Stan was on that. I think this was Slim Shady. Even I was trying to listen the to Slim it. Shady LP. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. But thank you for being a responsible journalist and issuing that correction. Okay, yeah, and that's hi. My name is okay. That one's on. Yes, um, yeah. That one's on the Slim Shady LP. You know, I had the Eminem show, which came out in uh, 2002, which I listened to a few years ago at the gym randomly, and I was like, man, these are like a lot of references to the Clinton administration that like, <laughs> like, kind of don't matter anymore, right? Um, <laughs> like, this is definitely like where it's at like you know in in a time but i had the one the edited one not the one with the parental advisory sticker on it yeah so like many things in that time you're like you listen to something that you've only heard edited and you're like wow Wow. this is different yeah i remember my parents were like pretty cool about like we could watch a lot of things together like r-rated movies and certain things like Mm -hmm. watch together but for some reason nick at night had welcome back cotter uh-huh the young john travolta and when that my mom would not let me i could watch anything on tv almost beavis and butthead and welcome back cotter were her like sticks in the sand like thou shall not pass like <laughs> you are not i like nick at night i wasn't allowed to well i could watch all the other i in my argument much dirtier old shows that nick at night used to show from like the 70s but Welcome back, Cotter. Mm-mm. That one got Tina's Curry's like, you know, that riled her up. That was a no. I think that my like older cousins maybe were the thing that were able to kind of set the barometer of like what my mom didn't want me to watch. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't recall being able to watch Beavis and Butthead, but I know that my older cousins watched a lot and I know for sure my mom didn't like when I watched South Park, but my older cousins watched it a lot. So that was kind of, but meanwhile, like I was watching like Degrassi, which. Right. (laughs) Crazy story. Yes. Degrassi was absolutely bananas so you know we watched casino like that like as a family like there were certain movies i watched a hundred times with my family and i'm like but welcome back like the murdering the the mafia the the movies or like the music i listened to also like which you know there were spice world is celebrating its 25th anniversary i believe all of those songs are about sex just 100 yes. percent. so become one 
Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the one that sticks mm-hmm. out the most to me. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you know what? It's fine. I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't know what the hell I was listening Who knows? to. Yeah. Yeah. I knew every lyric. Oh, but I didn't know. I didn't know what I was listening to by heart. Yeah. The inappropriate songs that like high school kids would sing at like mm-hmm. talent shows. Like I remember one girl sang like black velvet, like mm-hmm. that black velvet and a little. Yeah. I was like, woof, you're 16. <laughs> I wanted to do afternoon delight in like my school's pop show. And they were like, do you not know what that song? Do you know what that song's about? And I was like, it's from anchorman. And like, right. Right. It's about like whatever. So we didn't get to do it, but uh, this is actually a good segue into why I'm trash. If you don't okay, mind, please. So I'm watching the new season of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and <laughs> I guess this is trashy. I don't know. I didn't start it per se, but it is a, just a reaction to the show. Um, if you have been watching Drag Race for a long time, you'll notice that there has been an evolution to the theme song. They, you know, made an adjustment to the original theme song to kind of be a little bit more inclusive to their trans competitors, mm-hmm. which is great. Big joke about it is made on the last All Stars, All Winners season or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But the new season of Drag Race, there's barely any song left. Yeah. I don't know what else, if I may, the lyrics. The most recent ones prior to this season were RuPaul's Drag Race, start your engines. RuPaul's Drag Race, may the best drag queen win. Right? Right. So what- RuPaul's, like, there's even a remix, a little element to it. Like, Ru RuPaul's. <laughs> so me and Taylor's favorite game now is to just... <laughs> To sing the song with the least amount of lyrics <laughs> when we watch. So we're like, RuPaul, engines, win. Like we're trying to like make it like as least yeah. offensive as we can because we we don't know what 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 was left that was offensive. I think but, I feel like at one point they're going to eliminate the RuPaul because it's going to be somehow deemed offensive. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's shorter a, he and shorter. Is a fracker, but like. You know. We can't get into the politics of RuPaul. <laughs> what can we do? You know, what can we do? Um, but we're like RuPaul's drag race. So obviously drag race much must be offensive now because it's not even like RuPaul's. <laughs> and then start your engines was like offending like the car community. <laughs> so they had to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, the and green energy the- people said no gas car. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, he's a fracker, so maybe yeah. he doesn't want to, you know, and then he, you know, may the best drag queen win. It's kind of like, well, that offends the ones that don't win because it's, just, <laughs> it's so subjective to so the song. And and like you said, RuPaul is, you know, in himself might be, a, a, you know, offensive. So I think at this point, the song is just going to be like, huh? <laughs> just tones. Yeah. Leland's gonna be like engineering just like (laughs) so anyways that's uh that's why I'm trash because I'm sure that there's a great reason for why it is although it also could just be because it's on MTV and they have the show on hyperdrive like because I haven't one hour instead of an hour and a half I haven't been loving the season they jumped right to the snatch game way too early they're already doing the like they're reading each other too early like all this stuff they're getting done too fast and it's like why are you doing this to these, like, to all of us? You know, we don't know these queens yet and they're not ready for this. And yeah, like Robin and Jax, who've just com- 
lip sync for their life on Friday night, just mm-hmm. for everyone. I won't say the winner. They'd been best friends for like six years. Wow. Sisters. So we didn't even get to see the the drama of them, you know, the relationship evolving and then having to compete against one another. Like, yeah, it, it, not had not no clue about that. Me. Had literally no idea. So yep. I'm not a huge fan of this uh, season, TBH, yeah. but Fair. we can blame it on MTV. For sure. Why are you yeah. trash? Well, mine also has to do with drag racing, but mm. actual drag racing. So mm. for those of you who aren't familiar uh, with like a Tokyo Drift or street drag racing that happens it's not just in the movies that happens in LA (laughs) I live in a neighborhood where that can happen frequently and one time I was coming home it's like after midnight on a Saturday night I take a you know I take a right to go home and then a left to get there and when I take the right hand turn traffic just stops on like a not like a street like a a major thorough street and i'm like what the hell's going on and then i start seeing people in front of me turning left and right like to to reverse and come back like to to Mm. go the other way and so i'm sitting there being like what the hell could be going on well i start (laughs) hearing loud noises i'm like oh my god maybe there's an accident i feel so horrible no no drag racers had cut off all four stops like at an intersection and we're Tokyo drifting, like, like dr- drifting. I don't think that's fair. I don't either. But I waited till my turn got to the top of the stop. Like, you know, I couldn't drive through them. I just started filming. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I just was like, oh, this is crazy. And you could hear the, the, the tires squealing and the noise is pumping. And people were like, just da- like it was a street party, just dancing in the intersection. The cars well, were going. I thought somebody was going to get hit just because they were just so close to the cars doing it. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to end up on World Star. Somebody gets hit and I'm filming. You know, my of course, my dreams started just flying. My my hundred percent. You started seeing the money. So I was like, oh, baby, <laughs> I could put this on Twitter. And then when it goes viral, my second tweet underneath it could be like selling vibrators or something. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and Winston's like, we've got to go. <laughs> this is bad why probably because he's the responsible one of us so eventually we left we turned you know we turned off like everybody else and then we hear as we're driving home we start seeing cop cars like 12 15 cop cars going down the road the opposite direction that we're going and i go oh they're going to bust up that little drag party and so (laughs) we're driving home and then people started taking our street as an exit route so we start seeing little souped up cars flying down our street when we're home and then one's taking a left one's taking you know they're trying to divert their not everyone goes in the same way to get away from the cops and so we see you know probably 10 cars go driving so fast going left right left right alternating basically and then we see eight cop cars and they all go the same direction. And I was like, you fools. You should have alternated. Why didn't you turn on the news to watch this? I mean, Why didn't like, you text me to turn on the news? It was like one o'clock in the morning on like a Sunday morning at that point. So <laughs> I just didn't know if it'd be live, but it was wild. I just was like, oh, we got to get closer. And once I realized what's happening, we got to get closer so I can film this. It's like, we're going to get hurt. <laughs> if this Did you get out of the car? Off this car? No, we stayed in our car. So 
like a grainily shot video of people like you know doing basically wheelies and and drifting and stuff and <laughs> on Wilshire and Western. Wow. Was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a hint if you know where I live. But it was just so, so <laughs> stupid of me. I was like, we could have been so hurt. But of course, I was like, no, we gotta we gotta ride this one out, you know. But yeah. speaking of ride this one out, let's get to our first story. Absolutely from cracked.com. Yes, this story was sent to us from a listener. Uh thank you, Zachary. This is the story of a rogue Burger King in Pittsburgh. He was he was robbing the rich and fighting for the poor. And he had a, a friend named Little John. And he was oh wait, no, I'm sorry. That's a different Mm-mm. kind of rogue. I'm I misunderstood. Yeah. All right, you tell me the story. Philadelphia's wild or whoops. Whoops. Um, so Pittsburgh's kind of wild, right? There's like all kinds of, you know, infamous uh things such as um the penguins. I don't know. I don't know much about Gritty. Pittsburgh. Gritty's from Pittsburgh. Or is that Philadelphia? Ooh, ooh, Mm. they're going to be mad either way. I'm sorry. Where's the Liberty Bell? Is that Philadelphia as well? Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I see why Pittsburgh's kind of wild then. (laughs) Because it's... I'm still going to be confused for Philadelphia. Anyway, so there was a Burger King there that had a ton of bad reviews, you know, regardless, because there's... It's a Burger King. (laughs) And also, it was kind of a creepy one. But... Some people who were going there started to notice that something was a little weird, that the food didn't taste like Burger King anymore, or the um, the containers that things were being served in didn't quite look like Burger King anymore. Hey, and if something doesn't taste like a Burger King, that's an improvement right there. So I don't know what they were complaining about. I don't hate Burger King. I do. I'm not going to lie. I do. I'm I'm anti the monarchy in every way, especially Burger King, I think. I think I hate Burger King more than I hate King Charles. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Bold, yeah. Yeah. I'm just not a whopper. But but this Burger King, <laughs> the drive-thru was terrifying. Someone was charged money to use the bathroom. People <laughs> again, the, the Yelp reviews were wild but what had happened was they had lost their franchise license and so they were still operating with the signy uh, you know the the marquee the uniforms as a burger king but they were no longer a part of burger king as a franchise burger king said no more yeah you're out you're done and they said well we can't just change overnight so suit at some point the receipts started to say southside burgers but it became it got on Burger King's like radar of like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, you can't just transition overnight. You can't <laughs> rush these things. Um, yeah, basically they yeah they changed it had turned into a pirate <laughs> restaurant over time. That's so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so they just were like, well, we're just not putting ketchup in a Winn-Dixie cup. The fries are going to come in this. Like the Burger King cups were replaced with styrofoam cups. Like all these things just slowly changed. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) It's just like eventually they were like, we want to get our licensee back. So (laughs) they wanted to keep the location, you know, as a real estate piece basically but they were transitioning to a new name is what an assistant manager eventually said 
like, what do you do if you work there? Cause they're, you're still wearing your Burger King outfit. Yeah. Like you're just kind of like somebody said that they saw an employee from there at like a grocery store buying burger patties. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, you were the one who pulled up to Burger King. You get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. Basically they just kept it going. The real Burger King had to release an official statement declaring that the location was once a Burger King and would surely be a Burger King again, but was not currently in a state of Burger King. (laughs) What a fucking mess. They deserved it. Truly. I guess like fake restaurants are pretty common in certain parts of the world, especially Iran. There is a, uh, you can grab a Whopper at a Mash Donald's, a Boof Burger, Kabuki fried chicken, Subway's, Chic Shack, or Pizza Hat. Those are all some of the franchises that mock American or like spoof American restaurants in Iran. I like it. I like it. I love it. Yeah. You know what I don't love? (laughs) What don't you love? When the person who makes my favorite pizza down the street gets arrested because it turns out that he was a mafia killer for 16 years. I was uh, so many of those things I could I could slide until he was a yeah like a a mob like a, a you know an enforcer for the mob. <laughs> yeah, so from bbc.com an Italian fugitive was tracked down as a pizza maker after 16 years. He's been on the run since 2006 and was caught in France while he was hiding in plain sight as a pizza chef for at least 3 years. Move somewhere further. Well, I mean, that's a, sure. That's, a, that's an hour and a half plane ride from France to Italy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he wanted to cook pizza. <laughs> I mean, I, I applaud him for being like sticking to his guns and being like, you know, what makes the people happy when I murder them for money. And people are like, no, 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 no. What's your second skill set? Oh, like, I don't know. Pizza. Like, great. Great. Do that. I, I just picture like the, the mafia, um, like witness protection. But it's like the illegal side where they have to place these gangsters into normal mm-hmm. society again. And like that counselor's job just being like, so what are your skill sets, Anthony? And he's like, uh, crack some heads. Do that. He's like, great. We're going to transition those skills. It's like picking a new career. He's like, what I know the you- addresses to uh, every politician's families. Yeah, I was like, okay, so maybe some type of delivery. You yeah. seem good with GPS. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) He was uh, the second high profile mafia arrest by Italian authorities in the matter of weeks. The first one coming from a guy who was on the run for 30 years, but he was detained on a visit to a clinic in Sicily. But honestly, it is so hard to find a good doctor. You you, know, my so my Nana's doctor that she'd had for like 30 years that did everything recently passed away so now she has to get all new doctors none of them all do the same thing so now she's having to go to like six or eight different doctors for for what one doctor used to do this reminds me of when the guy who like did all of our funerals like the past the uh what are they when they're catholic the the priest who did all of our funerals what he when he died we were like oh my god who's yeah. gonna do the funerals now and let me tell you the guy that they got for my grandma's funeral it just wasn't the same yeah he didn't speak spanish 
And he went on about how my grandma was living in a townhouse in heaven with my grandpa and my dad. And we're all like, a townhouse? Give her a like, fucking mansion at this you're point. You're in heaven and you're saying a townhouse with a yeah. bunch of Broncos stuff on the walls? My God. Like, you cut get a shorter. starter home. Cut the shit. In heaven. You know? You know? Yeah. yeah. It was it was awful when he died because we were like, fuck, like he's done. This guy's done all the big funerals, you know, in our yeah. family. Oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah. We we had a string of funerals and Winston I's family and the same funeral home in Arizona took care of them. Uh-huh. But we got a little too familiar because <laughs> it was like sure. a short burst. And so they would lay all of these tissues on the pews of like the viewing areas and the, where the funerals were. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, at this point we've paid for them. So trash, trash can Erica made a game with the kids of seeing how many of these little packets of tissue, branded <laughs> packets of tissues we could shove in our pockets or our purse because <laughs> there weren't that many people. <laughs> so I'd be like, grab the tissues quick. <laughs> the family would just I'll put these in the stockings yes, for, yes. for Christmas. Like, we paid for them. What are they going to do? Give them to another family? That's our grief sitting all over them. Grab it's the tissue. True. Uh, these tissue I, I don't, you know, I don't know if we're allowed back there anymore. <laughs> and fingers crossed we won't. Yeah, exactly. We won't need to be. But <laughs> I'm, I'm such trash. I love that these guys, you know, they have to work. Like their finances have probably been cut off. But well, yeah, you can't, you know, you can only be in the mafia for so long, then you hit your shelf life. It's like being an athlete, you know, and it's like, are you going to go into broadcasting or are you going to yeah. do something else? But um, start a mafia podcast, like just be I, an anonymous host. Yeah, they, they. but that's the thing. How many people have we covered now who get arrested because they're on social media? Like they can't mm. be anonymous. Oh, some people just love getting caught. This guy uh, was wanted for the murder of two brothers during a mafia war in the early 1990s. We don't have to get into how they were killed or anything like that. The point is, is that uh, he settled in uh, Lyon, France, and became a pizza guy. And then they, uh, they finally were able to find him because... In July 2021, his pizza was so good that they put him in a re- in a newspaper. And even though his appearance was different, like he had a beard and he like had gray hair and went by a different name and blah blah blah. Like, why can't you just when the newspaper goes, "Hey, we'd love to do an article in your restaurant," you can go, "That's fine," but no pictures with me in it. I am camera shy or J- just whatever you have to focus say. on the pizza, not me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. or like my heavily tattooed hand. I don't know if this guy had tattooed hands, <laughs> but we had another guy that we talked about on this podcast yeah. who super tattooed hands, and then he was doing a fucking food blog. Like, and it's like, you guys, <laughs> like, also, I want the job in the FBI where all I have to do is watch YouTube videos that, like, might yes be someone. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's the guy. <laughs> Hey, Erica, so in your, your work logs that you watched eight hours of puppies and bathtub videos yesterday. I really thought that I was going to find something. I got a tip. I got a tip that they might be, you know, <laughs> one of the dog owners might be an old mafia guy. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also noticed that you watched uh, Chocolate Rain. 
five times in a half an hour. You know, I thought that guy might be mafia. <laughs> um, speaking of making it rain. Yes. Our next story comes to us from MLive.com. A Michigan boy, six years old to be exact, spends uh, $1,000 on Grubhub with described by the father. Doorbell just kept ringing. Cars kept coming. That sounds like someone's dying words. Like, I know. Oh, I might have put a little just... two sauce on that. No, but I. It's like it's it's like tragic if you think of it that way. Of like this is all life is. Doorbells kept ringing, wow. and cars kept coming. This is this guy's hell. <laughs> so this kid was well. First of all, this adult who is to blame. I'll say it. Mm -hmm. Gave his six year old child his cell phone for the kid to play games on. And then the kid went rogue and mm -hmm. opened up Grubhub and yeah, just started ordering and ordering like five large orders of jumbo shrimp, <laughs> salads, shawarma, chicken pita <laughs> sandwiches, chili cheese fries, ice cream, grape leaves, rice. That was just with one driver. <laughs> then there was like another driver like that um, went from uh, there was like, from happy's pizza or something yep. i don't know <laughs> a lot of shit <laughs> i it truly is incredible where you're like is this a prank you know like yeah. people used to do the thing where they'd order a bunch of pizzas to your house and you didn't have to prepay you'd have to yeah. pay when they showed up so people used to pizza bomb pizza people they used to pizza bomb people by ordering 30 pizzas to their house and stuff jokes uh, on you i love yeah. pizza you know what he could have bought <laughs> for less than a thousand bucks an ipad what? and not have grubhub on the ipad i know right the kid to play games here <laughs> or like a switch or something nintendo switch yeah so he uh the people started showing up and he was like this guy's wife owns a bakery so he just assumed that all these delivery drivers or people showing up had something to do with that because it was like getting ready for a big wedding that weekend <laughs> and so he was like what what do you want and this guy's like i have your shawarma he's like no and he was like yes and then he started looking at his phone finally got his phone back yeah <laughs> and it's like notification city being like your food's being prepared your food's on its way your food's almost here you know all those cutesy little DoorDash or whatever grubhub uh notifications and stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah he was like i just couldn't stop it he tried calling restaurants and being like hey cancel this order you know we we don't want this like he called the restaurants directly he couldn't get a hold of grubhub and it was just like his bank account kept going down 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 and the restaurants were like we can't do anything to stop it apparently this six-year-old had some idea of maybe what it was happening because when he when it was all being delivered he went to go talk to the kid and he was trying to explain to him that what he did was wrong. And the kid put his hand up and says, dad, did the pepperoni pizzas come yet? So I feel like this kid like was like, I wanted this food. Yeah. Okay. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was like, Oh man, like this guy seemed like he was pretty pissed, but you know, he's like, I can't discipline a six year old over this. I, but if he was 13, I could really explain it, but right. he's six. And it's like, yeah, don't give a six year old your phone. Yeah, I <laughs> he definitely like he tried to be like, hey, this money came is going to come out of your piggy bank to pay for all this. And the kid's okay. like, 
fucking fine. I'll fold some socks and get more money in the piggy bank. Like, okay, fold some socks, dad. You know, like, I'm just thinking of like six-year-old chores. <laughs> I do think that this is justified to take from his college fund if you had one for them, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm going to say something. I don't know up? if this kid's college material. Are you kidding? He figured out how to do this and how to prank his parents this hard. Fair, fair. I'm just now. saying he's an entrepreneur now. Like he shouldn't. That's true. Waste his money on you know books in four years, and he's like, start scamming. This could be the biggest scammer in history. He's starting at six. You know, call Netflix. I smell a documentary. Mm -hmm. Speaking of calling Netflix, <laughs> I would watch. I would watch a documentary over this guy's. Yes. Life. So. From the mirror.co.uk, Frosty Flakes Eating Champ gobbles down 370 grams of sugar in a competition in just in under six minutes. He he ate 33 bowls of frosted flakes, which then, if you look at it, contains 370 grams of sugar i just want to make that clear so that people don't think he was just sucking sugar through a straw in six minutes yeah which um i <laughs> speaking of sugar through a straw in six minutes i i went to a party recently uh-huh and a part of the offering was absent the the, uh -huh. the green liquor they call it the green fairy <laughs> and there's sure. a ritual to how you prepare uh absent there there's like a, a way that you drink it and it, it's um, an anise flavored drink. It tastes like black licorice. It's disgusting. But it's supposed to make you feel, you know, allegedly back in the day, it would make you hallucinate and all this stuff. So they had a bottle of, of, of spirit, absinthe spirit, not the pure absinthe, whatever. But sure. so the way that you're supposed to prepare it is basically you, 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 you put the liquor water and sugar all together and so uh, through that there is <laughs> there's these little slotted spoons that have like little holes in them so basically you put the sugar cube over the spoon over your glass you pour the stuff over it, it activates it da, da, da. Uh, you know it's all great however i did not see the i mean absinthe is green it's green it's green you know it right so <laughs> you measure the the thing then you drip the water over the sugar cube it drips into the absinthe that's how you prepare it i did not see the absinthe bottle i thought the container holding the water somehow was the absinthe and just made myself a glass of sugar water and was like mm, i didn't think absinthe doesn't taste that bad i guess <laughs> did not pour any of the absinthe the liquor in it <laughs> so just you thought it was like special absinthe that wasn't green. I get get because like the water container wasn't, you know, it was like it wasn't clear. So you didn't know sure. if you knew anything, you'd know this was wrong. But I was okay. like, what a badass I am having the absinthe. <laughs> and my partner went to was like, Can I have a sip? I want to try it. I was like, sure. And he's like, this is just sugar water. You made simple syrup, you moron. <laughs> I mean, you would never say moron, but so then I just like skip back to the absence table, like slink back and then pour the absence like a moron. And it's lime green. It's bright green. And I'm like, oh, God, pretty damn. unmistakable, unmistakable color. So anyway, 
He didn't suck sugar through a straw. I did. <laughs> you know, this man, he had six minutes and he ate 33 bowls of cereal, which was like twice as many as the person who came in second place. Like this guy's a freak for cereal. And uh, he says, I quite like cereal because I ate it so fast and it didn't get too soggy. Everyone else took a bit longer and the longer it takes, the soggier it gets. And everyone hates soggy cereal. So really his motivation for eating that many was that he just couldn't, he couldn't handle a soggy bite of Frosted Flakes. I love that so much because yeah, soggy cereal sucks. Cornflakes were invented as a part of an anti-masturbation plan. Sure didn't. They were meant, okay, so they were meant to be so bland. It's like, this is the worst thing in the world. This is going to take out all of basically your like fire and your need for masturbation because you're eating bland food so it was a, a group um kellogg the guy who founded it john harvey kellogg was a seventh day adventist and he was like listen we gotta you know we gotta eat vegetarian we can't do alcohol tobacco caffeine we gotta get exercise fresh air and we gotta stop masturbating so what's gonna make us stop masturbating bland food and he thought all sex was bad for your health, like physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. So he's like, great, we're going to make the nastiest cereal alive and you won't want to masturbate. I don't totally get that correlation. I think that maybe the Kellogg's guys were on some freak shit. They're like, sex is so bad. Sex is bad for you, especially the sex I have where I have sex with bread and sweet bread <laughs> feels better. So well, what I'm going to do is create a non-sweet bread and then I won't, I won't want to have sex with it. And, um, I'm going to put my views on everybody else. He, he was married. They slept in separate bedrooms and adopted eight children and fostered another 34. He even worked on his anti-masturbation, you know, anti-sex books on his honeymoon. Kellogg was why do wild. We, why do we eat this? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because money, corporation. And who knows yeah. what he was going through? What? When was this? Like the, the 1800s? 1800s. Yeah, yeah like 1830s, yeah, 40s. Or you something. can't do anything with these people. <laughs> 1870. Like, yeah, yeah, they were wearing like four pounds of clothes every time they left the house. Like, eh, what can you do? Yeah, they were weighed down. They didn't want sex. They were so weighed down by their clothing. They're like. To take like, this off, it's gonna take you 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like I can't breathe all day. Anyway, but yeah, so this guy eating the frosted flakes, which is basically Kellogg's with sugar on them. <laughs> he went home and jerked off great like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um there's nothing we can do to damage the Kellogg reputation. Would you say that? True, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Kellogg's couldn't possibly sue us for damaging their reputation. Could they? This is just history. I wasn't putting in any opinion or conjecture. This is just opinion. Yeah, yeah. Hard to sue on history, on the facts, you know. Well, perhaps uh, you should have been the lawyer for the woman in our next story. That's true. That's true. From the New York Post.com, man sues woman for 2.2 million because she won't date him and quote damaged my rep this uh this man needs therapy this man in singapore filed two lawsuits against a woman who refused to date him because of the emotional trauma 
she caused after she said, I only want to be friends. Hey, Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, I I would like to date you. I'm saying this publicly. I see. And if either of them turned me down, we're getting some of that sweet Thor and Hunger Games money. Oh, smart, smart. So he threatened to sue her (laughs) once when she rejected him. But then he said, I'll put this lawsuit on hold if you agree to attend counseling sessions with me, which she did for a year and a half, which is wild. Wild. They met uh, at... at a, oh, sorry. Uh, they, got, got. They, they met in 2016. Um, she's a director at like a drone company, racing company or whatever. But... She continued to reject his romantic advances and cut a con- and cut out contact with him after he filed the two lawsuits because he claims that her rejection is damage to his stellar reputation, trauma, depression, impacts to his life. I mean, this is really, really crazy. I just feel like a, like greaser. Like I feel like the movie Grease when like a T bird would be like. Oh. She damaged my rep. Oh, like this is so fragile. Men will literally sue a woman into going to therapy with him before going to therapy. Does that one work at this circumstance? It kind of works. He was like, oh, you don't want to date me? We should probably do couples counseling. Hey, Austin Butler, you continue to reject my advances. We have to do couples the counseling, but you have to talk like Elvis the entire time. She better turn this around on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. So he said that he considered her his closest friend. And, you know, she was like, hey, you need to stop and become more self-reliant. And he sent her a letter with the monetary damages arising from all of this and it's like good and so they stopped going to counseling and he sued her for an additional like seventeen thousand, saying hey you stopped going to counseling that caused me further emotional damage you don't you're not owed money because you got your feelings hurt i i think that there are certain like i think she could sue him now for emotional (laughs) distress but who knows this court might order her to marry him (laughs) used to say i mean it's only 2023 we're in dark times (laughs) what what who knows speaking of dark times yep from wect.com a fully clothed bathing burglar was found in a homeowner's bathroom okay so he broke into a seattle home and he refused to come clean Uh, that's the article that's the article so the police (laughs) found him fully clothed in a bathtub full with water so she heard the woman heard a loud smash of a window on friday night and this man was inside so she ran outside called the police and so you know police were like hey come outside and they got no reply so then they went inside and found him in the bathtub fully dressed (laughs) so the man refused to explain his actions including his choice of the bathing spot i mean are you bathing if you have clothes on i bet that he must have 
done another crime that he needed to wash off of him. Oh. I mean, that's what I would think. Or like not to get too dark, but like, was he going to like kill himself or something? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I have a theory. Okay. And this is the mother of all theories. Okay. okay. There's uh-huh. no other explanation in my mind. Okay. Cassandra, this man is a time traveler that was so traumatized because he just saw Bigfoot. Oh. He had to take a bath. You lost me at the end. A time traveler? Absolutely. Bigfoot? He had to get Please, that Bigfoot Erica. smell off of him. I mean, I guess up in Seattle, like if you were going to see Bigfoot somewhere. It's in the Pacific Northwest. Is he for sure? I, he, well, there's many clans of Bigfoot. Like, But yes, like one of the places that they continue to live and breathe is 100% the Pacific Northwest. So you think that he's a time traveler who had another mission, yeah, but saw Bigfoot and was like, well, I have nothing to lose. I'm a time traveler. I got it, but I got to go hide and I got to like get this Bigfoot smell off of me before more come and find me. Yes, because if you see Bigfoot once, they get that smell on you, then other Bigfoot know how to find you. I have a question. Yeah. Because this time traveler didn't complete their mission Mm -hmm. is that why that chinese spy balloon was able to hover over montana for so long boom he fucked up in seattle and now that the chinese spy balloon fly to montana all connected you guys guys the the red rope around pictures and circles i have in this room all Mm -hmm. circle this crime totally but uh you know, again, X on this crime, big red circles. I got to call the FBI, the CIA, Interpol. I got to call everybody. I got a time traveler. You got a time traveler on your hands. Yeah. I I want it. I want Bigfoot to stay clean in this. So we got to, we got to somehow get him out of this, but Mm. but, um, it's going to be tough. I know. I know. Bless us. Bless their hearts. You know, who needs to go to jail? Who? Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Uh, are you ready? Girl, I'm ready. It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. Oh, my God. From, from NPR, a real life journalist's place. There's a story about animals, uh, vandalizers, overall dickheads. Truly. Who are ruining the Japanese conveyor belt sushi industry for everyone. Don't take this from me. I have so few joys in this life. And picking a little tray off of a conveyor belt is one of my few joys. It's fun, okay? When yeah. something is fun for everyone, what? is wrong with you that you have to ruin it. So here's what happened. There's, uh, these restaurants are struggling regardless. You know, I I don't think this is a COVID friendly, uh, practice. It's kind of like your local salad bar. You're like, will they ever come back from this? Will they ever bounce back from COVID? We're not sure. So the Japan's conveyor belt sushi restaurants are already struggling to regain the trust of diners. But now there is like videos of 
someone, some customer who viral videos where he like licks the utensils and then puts them back or he'll mm. lick like a teacup and put it back or yeah. the soy sauce, just Ugh. things that other people are going to grab. And he just kind of like, <laughs> sorry, I, <laughs> that's my sign, my sound for impish grin, which is how it's described by NPR. <laughs> Yes, I that is like smash and grab robberies where they don't grab, they just smash. Like this is senseless to me. You are truly just you. a nuisance. I don't get it. I don't get it. The yeah. and he has been described as a nuisance, ranging all the way to a sushi terrorist. I, which sounds right to me. Thought, throw him in Abu Grave. No, wait. What am I? Uh, what's the one that we have? What's um the one in Cuba? Right. Guant. Throw him in Guantanamo. 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 Throw him in Guantanamo. Yeah, I've never an advocate for institutionalism, but this this customer has got me there. Bring that lady back, who uh, Lindy, those those, private Lindy, yeah, those ones who were uh, making them. (laughs) We never mind. I'm not even human pyramids and then thumbs up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just kidding. That was pretty gnarly. That was that wasn't that wasn't a good look for America. We'll we'll say it. We're not afraid to say it. Yeah. And trashy, yeah. trashy, we'll be diplomatic enough to say that wasn't good. That no. wasn't, that wasn't good. Yeah. So the conveyor belt sushi restaurants have been around since the 1950s. They've spread worldwide. There's an incredible one down the street for me and in little Tokyo neighborhood in Los Angeles. And you they gotta give fun- me those names, girl. I've never been to one and I'm oh my dying God, to we, go. We're going to go. We're going to go. You don't even eat fish, babe. I eat shrimp. And I eat other things, but okay. I love me a, a conveyor belt sushi restaurant. One of my fondest memories is you and I in Barcelona at one of those like food markets and I'm eating the best octopus I've ever had in my life. And you don't eat fish, but you said, I love that I get to watch you enjoy one of the best meals you've ever had. And I was like, that's really nice. It's a little weird, but it's nice. You know, <laughs> but it was we very supportive. That, that market for that <laughs> squid. I don't think I knew that you like really didn't like eat seafood either. Otherwise I would not have made us do that. I had a ball. I just wanted to see someone do it. I'd seen so many videos of them eating at this particular stand. And I was so happy that you were Ooh, and enjoying it. It was good. But so yummy. Yeah. But anyway, the, the fun thing about the the one close to my house, that that's a chain in Los Angeles. I, I'm sure worldwide as well, but it does, um, <laughs> every so many plates because what you do uh, the conveyor belt sushi belt it is a conveyor belt that goes around the restaurant to every table you grab the items plate the plate and of the item that you want and then at the end they count your plates and the plates are different colors for different costs so you can see oh i've eaten thirty dollars or two dollars you know whatever you have but the one close to us after so every so many plates you get like a little like a toy prize <laughs> like a little ball comes out at your table <laughs> that's got like a toy in it <laughs> so then I you want to gamify it yeah it's it's <laughs> and sometimes you can actually order so the, the belts go around but then sometimes it is a you order on an ipad and then that little conveyor belt stops at your table which oh, is so probably better yeah yeah so sometimes people, some other of these uh, monsters, they will kind of like steal a little piece of sushi off of a plate or 
they will uh dose the sushi like douse it all in um wasabi oh like just really mess with people and i don't know i don't like these pranks i don't think that they're good i think that they're bad i think they're so bad and whatever weird go eat some cornflakes or go masturbate or whatever you need to do to get you to stop doing this to people who are just trying to live their life and enjoy something that is fun yeah it's fun it's just fun the man was eventually caught that did this particular video causing the story good and received a direct apology although his motives for why he did it remain unclear because Erica, because he was in the middle of a civil lawsuit where he was suing a woman for turning him down. Why do you know? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the same (laughs) Venn diagram, you know, because someone called him a short King on a TikTok live and he had to, he had to show dominance. I don't know. Yeah. You guys go take a walk, go take a walk, breathe some fresh air, go smell a flower. Give your parents some a hug, you know, watch a nice show on Netflix. (laughs) The sun is out (laughs) for now. I don't know know what people need (laughs) to stop being monsters, but like life is short. You have one time on this planet and you're really going to spend it being a shit shit i'm really passionate about this shit shit (laughs) well don't be a shit shit that's what i'll say shit shit there's a special Uh, place in hell for people that are rude to conveyor belts (laughs) don't fuck with everyone else's good time just because you're having a bad time go home yeah that's the thing yeah or or go go to pinkberry pinkberry's awesome Go get yeah. some frozen yogurt and see if that cheers you up. So if Don't you think you're going to lick others. sushi, yes. go to a pink berry first. I would say. Solid advice. Yeah. It makes me <laughs> feel better. A pink berry and like a walk. Or if it's raining outside, pink berry and like find a like nice window seat and cuddle up in a blanket and like be moody. Have your Hillary Duff moment with your pink berry and then maybe take a bath. Hello, you know, turn on, turn on Sesame watch Street. Friends. Oh, if Sesame Street, sure. Or Friends or anything. Sesame Street might be better. They might learn something. Friends is a little dated. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Just cheer up. Just cheer the fuck up and leave other people alone. What are you hoarding? Okay. <laughs> so I'm hoarding a little documentary I watched recently. And it's just goofy and and a weird cute little story of someone that was just like hey i'm miserable and i'm gonna get happy and i'm gonna make myself happy other people's being happiness depended on this in certain ways but it's called pez outlaw remember the candies that just it's like you pull them open and the little candy springs from the this dispenser's mouth well those the heads of those would be you know a Batman, a smiley Snoopy. face, droopy, like a char- a character. Well, this guy just kind of, you know, down and out, kind of uh, aw shucks, 
farmer hillbilly type guy started collecting cereal box prizes and cereal boxes and things and then he started going to conventions and hearing about you know the how these were you know what different words they were and selling them and categorizing them and then he discovered in this convention cycle or in this convention circle the pez community and there are collectors some people have like 80,000 Pez dispensers and display them and, you know, they're the collector's items. So he's like, all right, I'll get in this game. But he hears about the Pez factory in Europe. Mm-hmm. This is like in the 80s, no inter- 80s, 90s. There's no internet. There's no, oh, let me Google something. There's no he translator it, app. Like an almanac. Based probably so. <laughs> So he travels to Europe and starts making friends and and business deals with these like European Pez, you know, distributors, like, you know, maker and distributors and then bringing them back to the U.S. But you can't import someone else's property like that. But there's a loophole. It's just a fun ride. It's a fun little ride to watch him. And there's, you know, he has a rival. He has someone that's trying to take him down. And he just has that like plucky, happy-go-lucky spirit where things just work out for him in a way, you know, even mm-hmm. if he's got two nickels and that's it to rub together. He's like, well, at least I got these two nickels. You know, he just is one of those people. It's it's a really interesting story and also makes you question, are you a reliable narrator of your own story oh. in a way? It's really, it's really charming. But yeah, just... It's a quick, it's like one hour. I'm glad it's not some six part thing. Well, Documentary so like, unlike Netflix. I know. It's just a cute little one hour doc, you know, one one hour ten documentary called The Pez Outlaw. I if you just have like a Saturday morning, you're trying to figure out what to do before brunch, throw it on. It's a charmer. What are you hoarding? Also on Netflix, I am hoarding the Korean strong person game show. I don't know yeah. what this is. But I'm hoarding real life squid games. Yes, it's called Physical 100. And look, it's it's kind of it's described by some people as uh, squid game meets gladiators. But everyone is Korean. It's dubbed. You could probably watch it with subtitles in the Korean, but I wouldn't because it's like 100 people talking at once. So you know, just, just trust the dub for that. They, they took like everyone who was like buff in Korea, like athletes, influencers, military people, cops, firefighters, models, dancers, like anybody who was known for their crazy physique was uh, MMA fighters were offered this opportunity to compete. And, they do like physical challenges like you know you who can hang from uh, a bar for the longest <laughs> yes. or you know who can who can build this bridge to cross so i don't know whatever it's crazy uh and it's reality and i should have problems with it in like the structure of it all because i do like it moves slow mm-hmm. like they spend so much time like you spend time like really getting to know like a lot of the people there and you're like it in america america would never spend this much time on on this and so you would think that your brain would be like hurry up 
But for some reason, I am just smitten kitten every minute of it. Just loving it. Just loving it. It's it's so the it's you got me into it. I'm watching it now. The thing I love the most is, again, like you said, they they do spend time to get to, to introduce everyone. Everyone gets like that moment. But the first thing that they have them do, the way they meet each other is they let them into a room full of everyone in the competition's bust. Yeah, like so a just, plaster cast bust of everyone like shirtless. And you have to go find yours. So you have to be yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's me. Definitely. And then you're like, no, that's Thor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. It's compare it was, yourself it's so- to the competition in a way. It's really in and and if you lose, whenever you lose or get kicked out, you have to go and destroy your bust to like signify that like your body wasn't good enough to win or whatever. Um, they eliminate the first like half people within the first like two-ish episodes. Um, because it, they have people go head to head or whatever. But <laughs> it's kind of cool to see too, like there's someone who's on uh who's a gymnast. You know, Mm -hmm. so they're like very strong, but they're very small. And then there's the strongest man in Korea who's like beefcake, big boy. And, you know, not everything plays to everyone. Like the first one where you have to hang there, if you weigh, you might be the strongest man in Korea, but you probably weigh like 280 pounds whereas a gymnast is not the strongest man in korea but they weigh 120 pounds they probably hold themselves up a lot longer so not every Mm -hmm. single but then the next challenge is people like going to on a head-to-head match you know to have a ball at the end of three minutes where it's like okay well you know, some of the smaller people were getting like thrown around in that. So it's, it's interesting. Um, it's very interesting and, uh, I really like it and I, they have new episodes come out like once a week, which is torture because had, had that not been the case, I probably would have gotten through it all in a day, at least a day, if not, you know, half a day. I do like, so on like survivor, when they have to do physical challenges, a lot of times, if there is something, you you know, way or you, they, they can sometimes in some of the challenges that require them factor in your height and weight so that everyone is more equal. So let's say there's someone that weighs 180 pounds and they have to lift something. They might then gauge the person that weighs 120 pounds might have to lift something proportionate to their body weight versus just outright brute strength only Hercules can win type thing. A lot of times they do balance, but this show doesn't. It's great. (laughs) No, no. They're like, can you do it or not? Yeah. (laughs) So I really like it. What are you throwing out? Okay. I'm throwing away. Listen, if you are in an urgent care, a hospital, if you are getting medical care (laughs) in a semi-urgent manner, (laughs) something is an emergency in some way, and your job is to fix that problem medically, I don't need you to explain to me that this TV has Netflix and then try to get the Netflix on for 15 minutes while I'm gushing blood. (laughs) I went to an urgent care recently. I'll tell the story of how some other time, I'm sure. But in the middle of me becoming fixed up and getting the care I needed and the stitches, 
one of the urgent care staff who's supposed to be nurturing my wound spent 15 plus minutes trying to explain the TV. And you can watch TV while we do this. I'm fine. Thank you. I say, no, no, here we just, I'll turn it on. Has to find the remote, which takes like minutes trying to find it in a cabinet. Turns on the TV. Netflix isn't playing. So then she's like, oh, we have to hit select or you have to hit um, menu control. Hold on. And spent like 15 minutes puttering trying to get Netflix to show the whole time I say, you know, I'm actually quite okay. I don't need to watch Netflix. I can look at my phone. I'm going to talk to someone. <laughs> Stop. Put the goddamn remote down and fix my wound, please. <laughs> but you, they have a needle and knives next to your body and are in charge of fixing you. You can't be, you know, frank with them. <laughs> yeah. I just, I've had other scenarios like that in medical situations where someone wants to do something that diverts us from the matter at hand. And I'm like, no, I don't care. <laughs> Stop. Please yeah, like, fix it, me. it sounds like she needed Netflix in the background more than you did. <laughs> Probably. But I was like, I'm the one bleeding. Can you fix me, please? Like, I'm fine. I no don't Netflix. care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what are you throwing away? I'm this is a me thing. And I'm throwing this away about myself. It, we're we've having to be like order order a lot of stuff for the wedding, you know. Um, and then on top of that, like you know, like I want to order, like I've ordered new makeup, or we both needed new walking shoes for the honeymoon, whatever. But I'm kind of it's kind of like giving like pandemic amounts of boxes, you know, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting back into sort of my old weird pandemic like attitude about it, of like. I want it, the thing when I order it, but then I don't care about it by the time it shows up. And so then I don't open the box for like days. Oh no. <laughs> and I need to stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to just open the thing up. That sounds so like <laughs> spoiled in general that I can even afford to have things sent to my house. But like, it's like, I need to go and check because these are things for like the wedding. And so if they're wrong, I need to address it right away. Like mm -hmm. we, we got, a, we ordered Taylor some pants from Bonobos and Bonobos just got bought by Walmart and kind of is just, I don't know. It kind of feels like a sinking ship a little bit, but they've got like great clothes for men. Mm -hmm. um, or at least they had at one point. So we ordered a pair of pants for him. Thank God that Taylor opened the pair of pants that day because within that box was not a pair of pants, but instead a random ass jacket that was labeled pants. And the receipt <laughs> said pants. No. So we're like, Bonobos, are you okay? But like, what if we would, if it, if it would have been up to me, like I have an Ulta box. I need to see that everything is in there because I can't just go to them four days later and go, it's not all in here. Like I need to hurry up and open it. So yeah. I'm just, this is throwing that out of myself of just like, I don't like, I just feel such a lack of interest and hesitation, you know, for what is to come once I realize what's in the package. And, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I'm, yeah. I sound like a trash can monster even. <laughs> <saying this. laughs> Where can the people find you, Erica? You can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram, TikTok. Those are the places you can find me running around. Cassandra, how can they get, how can they find you? How can we nail you down? How can we get a hold of you? Where, where can the people find you? 
at Cass Cardiness on Instagram. You can also find me. I did the Nooner podcast again recently on the Smodcast Network with good old Marty and John. That's probably the best way to find me. Or you're more than welcome to find me here at the Trashy Trashy Podcast, which is at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And we have a website, TrashyTrashyPodcast.com. We also have TrashyTrashyPodcast at gmail.com. Both of those places, you're able to tell us what you like about the podcast. You're able to tell us why you're trash. You're able to send us stories. We love those things. You can also leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to right now. Are you on Spotify? Review? Can you do Can you review us there? I don't know. Try it. Do it. Oh, I think we have a question on Spotify too of like, did you enjoy this podcast? Answer that shit. It helps us. You yeah, know, we'll, we'll take notes. <laughs> well, within reason, we'll take them. We don't know if we'll act on them, but we'll take them. <laughs> You're welcome to send them. Uh, you can also buy our merch at Trashy. Be nice though. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. Be nice though, you know, because like, you know, this is, we're doing this for fun. You can also buy t-shirts and if you order them soon, they'll be in there in time for Valentine's Day at trashytrashypodcast.threadless.com. And until February 14th, there are $14 shirts available at the Threadless store. So go ahead and sit, you know, get one for a loved one. Get one for yourself. Do it. I love my Trashy Trashy merch. I do too. I, I wore one recently in therapy and didn't realize I was wearing it. You couldn't see me. Thank goodness it was video therapy, but I wore the I lied to my therapist sweatshirt. Hilarious. Therapy recently. And oh, hi, Jinx ensued. No, no one paid. No one could see, but I knew. Anyway. Hey, Cass. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, girl. I will. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.